Welcome to Knowing Christianity, and we're going to be taking on John chapter 4. John chapter 4 is where Jesus meets the woman at the well. It's a lovely part of scripture in that we get to see very clearly what God is seeking for. He's seeking worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. We also get to see the power of the gospel in a transformed life. And it's the life of the woman. She's finding God when she's not expecting or looking for him. And like her, many of us live with expectations and many of those expectations are unfulfilled, leaving only disappointments. And those disappointments can create a hole within our life that we seek to fill with other things. For her, it could be the men, the amount of husbands that she has had. But this encounter is an unexpected one for her, but not for Jesus. And the background needs to be understood. The Jews and the Samaritans historically do not mix, they do not get on. There's a real division between the two. And yet the gospel is the only thing that can bring down this dividing wall of hostility. When the religious leaders of the day wanted to insult Jesus... They would do so by calling him a Samaritan, even though he was clearly a Jew. But the Samaritans weren't all that open arm to Jesus either. They didn't welcome him with open arms into their villages. In fact, in many cases, they refused to receive him. So this encounter between a Jew and a Samaritan woman is a surprising one. It's a surprising one for her. It's a surprising one for the disciples, but it's not a surprising one for Jesus. And this is because salvation destroys the dividing wall of hostility, those kind of barriers that keep people apart. This woman was not just an outcast as considered by the Jews, but even amongst her own people. The disciples are amazed that Jesus is even talking with this woman. But everything has changed. A man by the name of John Frame said in one of his books that if scripture reveals God, which it does, there are no barriers to knowing him. So our first duty is to read the word of God carefully. And by reading the word of God carefully, we come to know God clearly. The reason why this is so important is because of something Jesus actually brings up in verse 22 of chapter 4. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. You see, many Samaritans rejected most of the Old Testament, and therefore they ended up trying to worship of God, who they did not know that they only knew in part, and therefore did not know clearly. Now some people look for real and deep and lasting change in their life. But the change that is needed is not just an outward change, but an inward change, a spiritual change. And people should look for this. But they never seem to find it, And in many ways, they never find it because they often reject the very thing that can bring it. God himself, 
the word of God revealing God. And they bypass it. And in bypassing the word of God, they bypass real change. In this passage, we learn that God is seeking true worshippers. But for many people, this whole idea of worship is strange and unusual. But it is the very thing that causes us to change. In many ways, we're all worshippers. And we become like what we worship. And if we're not worshipping God, then we become like something else. And if we're worshipping God, then we become like him. And this is brought out in this passage, if only gently, it's nonetheless still there. As we get into John 4, one of the questions that raises itself is, who's really thirsty here? Which person has the real thirst? And which person does not have their thirst satisfied? It tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria, but did he? Could he not have gone another way? In fact, when we look at the maps, we recognise that geographically speaking, he could have went another way. And so why didn't he? Well, I would want to suggest that the reason he didn't is because God is seeking true worshippers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And this woman, God is seeking in order to become a true worshipper who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The disciples, we're told, have gone off into town to buy some food and Jesus arrives at this well at about the sixth hour, which is 12 o'clock in the afternoon for us. And as he was sat there, this Samaritan woman came to draw some water. Now that alone is another surprise. It's a strange surprise because no one in their right mind would come out at the hottest part of the day to fill these large vessels of water, only to carry them all the way back with all that heat as well. You would come out in the morning when it was cool, or you would come out in the evening when it was cool. You wouldn't come out in the afternoon, in the middle of the afternoon. But that's exactly what she has done. And it's worth considering why. Now we can work out why Jesus must go through Samaria, because he wanted to meet the woman at the well, to tell her the saving news, because God deserves to be worshipped by worshippers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's clear, it's very clear. And I can clearly understand why the disciples went off into the town, because they are hungry and they want some food. But I have to work a little harder to see why this woman is making her life harder, why she's coming out in the middle of the day, rather than the morning or the evening where it would be easier for her. And only when I begin to look at her through the eyes of Jesus do I begin to understand why she comes out when she does. To everybody else watching, this woman is making her life harder, apart from Jesus. Jesus understands that in many ways she's making her life easier. Think about it in this way for a moment. Why would a woman come out in the hottest part of the day to fill up large vessels of water only to struggle home with them and deal with all that heat? I want to suggest to you she's not making her life harder but making it easier. Much, much easier in fact. You'll notice that when she starts talking about her past she's had five husbands 
and the man that she's with now is not her husband. And so it's much easier to come out at the hottest part of the day when no one else is there, rather than early in the morning or in the evening, when all the other women are there, who perhaps would look down on her, speaking about her immoral life in conversation, whilst pretending not to. It's like the mother who picks her children up from school early one day and late the other so as to avoid the other parents at the gates and avoid their snide remarks, not having to go home with what they have said rattling around in her mind for the rest of the evening. That woman who picks her children up early and late is not making her life harder. She's making it easier because of the other things that she will not have to cope with. Like the boy who misses the bus and having to walk to school day after day in the rain. He'd much rather do that than sit on the bus and be bruised with punches from the bullies. He isn't making his life harder. He's making it much, much easier. And so there are many people who seem to do things which on the surface looked as if they're making a hard job of things. But in fact, they're making it easier for themselves. And it only takes us to perhaps look at them a little differently to figure out those reasons. Jesus had to go through Samaria to save this woman. God has planned to change her, to make her a true worshipper. And it is her worship of God that will truly bring lasting change and in many ways help her to deal and cope with the remarks of other people. Now, when Jesus asked this woman for water, we soon discover that he's not really after water in that sense, but he's there to bring up a conversation about living water. And this living water really has to do with eternal life, being in relationship with God. But as the conversation transpires, as it goes between him and the woman, she seems to think that you can get this living water from down here on earth. And in one way, that's true in the person of Jesus. But Jesus is using this phrase of living water really to draw our attention to salvation, to draw our attention to eternal life, which is something that only God can give. If we are to have this living water so that we would never thirst again, then we must come to God to get it. You'll notice that there is a change of subject brought about by the woman. Now, the reason why this is because we are what we are because of what we worship. And you could call this a non-negotiable. We become like what we worship. When we devote our life to certain things more than God, we become like those things more than God. God has designed worship to change us in this way. And God is seeking true worshippers because he wants us to be like him. God is deserving of worship, but worship has this special design in that it changes those who worship God. And when you worship God, it is then you are satisfied forever. As Jesus speaks about living water, he's really drawing her into this position of what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth. And so she says to him, sir, give me this water 
so that I won't get thirsty and have to come back to this well day after day and draw water. She's still thinking in earthly terms as if it's something physical that she can receive, that she can drink and and keep filling herself up with. She wants a life that is in many ways forever satisfying. She wants it in the here and now. And she doesn't mind going out of town to get it. But this is where the confusion is, because she has not yet understood that Jesus is referring to eternal life. Jesus is referring to a deep change that must take place within her life. Jesus is referring to the fact that he is able to take her from her present situation to future blessings by virtue of belonging to him. So Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come back. And it's at this point she begins to realise that she's not meeting with any ordinary person. This person is able to know her past, to bring it up in conversation. She's had five husbands and the man that she is with now is not her husband. So she says, verse 19, I can see that you are a prophet. Well, of course, Jesus is and much more. Imagine for a moment being a woman, where where women are considered as the lowest, especially a Samaritan woman, who's going to look after her, who's going to take care of her. There's no handouts from the state, there's no social benefits. One of the reasons I know this woman had so many husbands is because of the normal needs of life compassion, security, the who will provide, someone must provide, the idea of family, where are these things met, who will provide these needs. And so to seek them in a man is not all that surprising, only to find that that man or those men are not a satisfying solution and neither are they a reliable one. She never seems to get what she is looking for until, that is, she meets Jesus. And I know a woman exactly like this. And her life in the same way was changed by Jesus. When a person like this who searches for that which only Christ can give but then goes everywhere else looking for it, is it then that God must get personal? Jesus isn't bringing up this woman's past, her sin, just because he can, just because he knows about it, but rather because it is the one thing that is getting in the way of her receiving this living water. If you're going to meet God, then you're going to have to meet God on God's terms, and one of those terms is that he will invade your private life, because relationship with God is thoroughly evasive. Invasive. God moves in. He takes up every room and things have to go to make room for God. There is no such thing as private parts to our lives before God. Everything is open. Everything's on the table. Every door is open to God. And this is where this woman is at. Jesus has 
opened up her life, not as a means of exposing her sin, but as opening up the way that so that she can receive God, receive this living water that she wants, that she desires, but has not yet fully understood how she will enter into it. And to worship God in spirit and in truth means that you must know him. And to worship God in spirit and in truth means that you will be changed by him through worship. These are those non-negotiables. Salvation only comes to those who recognise their desperate need for spiritual life. That they are a thirsty people who want their thirst quenched. Also, salvation only comes to those who confess their sin, repent of their sin, and have that desire to be forgiven, have that desire to only be filled and fulfilled by God. And most importantly, salvation can be found nowhere else other than Jesus. We all need Jesus. And that's clear. When the disciples come back and they are shocked that Jesus is speaking with this Samaritan woman. And yet Jesus is concerned with the things of God more than they. Concerned that God deserves to be worshipped more than they. You begin to realise at this point that when the town rushes out, verse 42, and the people rush out to that town after the woman is run back home, giving her testimony, recognising that Jesus is the saviour of the world. They don't just believe that she believes, but they come out to believe for themselves. There's not just been a change in her, but there's been a dramatic change in the town that she has gone back into. Here's a woman who, in the start, is standing at the well all by herself, and in the end, comes out to Jesus with all the town. But the disciples are yet to recognise what has happened. Now at the beginning you'll notice that we learn that the disciples went off in to town. Why did they do that? Well, they're hungry. But John has a way of sewing these little clues into his writing so that we would ask the question, of why is that happening? Why is that put there? Well, they've gone off into town to buy some food. And after the woman has been convicted by Jesus, she ran back in to the town. So they went off to town to buy some food. And verse 28, after the woman is convicted, she runs back into the town, which the people come out of. Here's what happened. As Jesus stopped at the well and his disciples went off in to town, where did the woman come from? It seems that the woman arrived at the well a little later than Jesus and she arrived at the well from the town, which meant that she would have passed the disciples on the way out as they were making their way in. As she was coming out for water and as they were going in for food, they would have seen her. They would have seen her carrying the water jug at the hottest part of the day. And the reason why I believe that is the case is because when the disciples come back, they want to give Jesus some food. But he says to them, I have food 
that you know nothing about. Confused they become, Jesus replies. Verse 34, 35. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Verse 35. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Open your eyes, Jesus says. You passed one ripe for salvation. You need to start seeing people as I see them. It seems to me that it's very clear that this mention of town, that the disciples went into town to get food and that the woman came out of town that she went back into, that it's clearly drawing our attention to the fact that they didn't see in her what God did. And they did not have their mind on the things of God. They had their mind on their bellies being full. This is a wonderful part of Scripture. And it's a wonderful part of Scripture because it allows us to see that God is seeking worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. It's a wonderful part of Scripture because it allows us to see that God is deserving of worship. And that worship is that which changes a person thoroughly. Worship is that which causes us to give our whole life unreservedly over to God. Now, if you're a person who doesn't follow Jesus, or you're a person who's more concerned with your physical and material needs, then you need to realise that that will never satisfy that you will always be empty. If you're a disciple like the disciples who have their mind on their bellies rather than the things of God, then it's a real conviction to start looking at people differently, to recognise that many of those expectations they have are unfulfilled and they have a life full of disappointments. And those disappointments they have tried to fill with other things when in fact It is only God and the worship of God that can ever bring any true and lasting change. Well, the greatest gift of all is God. And God is the gospel. And this is what John 4 is about. That God is seeking people. People who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And as those people worship him in spirit and in truth, They are changed and they are fulfilled. Thank you for listening.